Welcome to another edition of the eSpot with Camille. The eSpot is your location for the latest in entertainment, beauty, and design from the people who make it. Thanks for joining. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the eSpot with Camille. I'm your host, Camille Cower, and I'm so grateful for you to meet my next guest that I'm having today. It, it, she is Beverly Popple. She is known as the Norma Ray of broadcasting. She has fought the big companies and won. So I am grateful to hear from her and learn more about how us women working in broadcasting and radio can fight for ourselves and learn more about the importance of unions, because I think this summer and this fall, we all learned that it is a hot labor union type of year that is keep, keep this momentum going. So I'm really excited to have her and to share with us how we can better protect ourselves working in this industry. Uh, without further ado, let me go ahead and welcome Beverly Popple. And I was in broadcasting uh, from 1975 as a union member uh, for nearly 20 years. Uh, actually, my total journalism career spanned um, uh, a full uh, 20 years. I started in newspapers and trade association uh, journals, but I always knew that I wanted to have a career in broadcasting. I from the South originally, and I came to New York because I knew that was the center of broadcast news, and I had some wonderful uh, icons who inspired me to uh, to go ahead and to try, even though many people said to me, why don't you go back down south and get a job in a small station? And I had uh, worked my way north and I decided I was going to stay and uh, and not be put off. And so my first job uh, was as a street reporter for WRFM radio. It was a local music station, primarily music, but we had a, a large uh, public affairs uh, department and uh, news department and uh, it was recognized as one of the top stations in the New York radio market. And uh, the first the first taste of what it was like to actually, what it meant to be in a union was when our contract came up for renewal and we had to talk about uh, increases in wages, increases uh, in benefits and other uh, working conditions. And at that time, the representative from the union, which at the time was AFTRA, this was before AFTRA merged with the Screen Actors Guild, the representative came to us and he said, you have to recognize that if you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have to take a job action, if you have to go on strike, you need to be prepared to keep walking. In other words, it might not work out to your advantage. As a young person in my 20s at the time, that I, I came to do a lot of soul searching about that because I needed to know if I was strong enough of will to, to be able to go through that. And I learned that, yes, I was, but I also needed to know how the other people in the bargaining unit felt about it. So I learned a lot about my colleagues as well as myself. And then um, fortunately that worked out to our, our benefit and we did win a favorable contract uh, in, in that station. A few years later, I went to work for uh, a station that had even uh, better ratings. It was a number one rated music station, actually, in the New York radio market. But it was a tougher negotiation. And again, we were faced with a situation where we were considering going on strike to, to win the concessions that we needed. 
and uh, to my chagrin, the person who had represented us at the earlier station showed up as a representative from management at the second station. Um, so that was that was a bit of a curve. <laughs> we weren't expecting that. But um, in the second case, I actually was fired from my union activity. Uh, I wasn't the shop steward, but I was very active in promoting the union's position at the second station. The situation that I was in was, um, it caused me to be out of work actually for a year uh, before we were able to get an arbitration date on my particular case. The union won the case. I did win reinstatement and um, I won back pay uh, for two years. And it was the one of the largest awards that after I had won for, the, uh, for its uh, unit members in local radio news at that time. Of course, I didn't see all of that award. Taxes took half of that. So, you know, it was a, kind of a win-loss situation. But with the proceeds there, I decided a few years later to go to law school and become a labor lawyer to help news people who were in, were in a similar situation to mine. So uh, it was, you know, it was a learning experience. Uh, of course, I loved the job of being in local radio news in New York City at that time. It was very exciting. There's always a story to tell in New York City, but it was uh, it was it was an interesting time uh, in, in New York City for uh, for me. And of course, I worked with some wonderful seasoned newscasters and news reporters who also were were union members. It was really clear to me that I would not have been able to negotiate favorable terms on my own. The only way to, to do it, to have accomplished it, was with the help of my colleagues and with the help of a strong union at the time. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough lesson. Uh, it's especially tough for, I think, young women. Mm -hmm. uh, because, again, at that time, uh, broadcast news was largely a male-dominated um, profession or trade. I mean, I would say it still is to some extent, right? Exactly. It still, it still is. It still is. Fortunately, uh, as women, we have, we have some role models to, uh, to follow now, you know, but um, I think the recent success of the SAG-AFTRA um, strike has shown the newer generations, the younger generations, how important it is to bargain collectively. And I often say that Collective bargaining is is a very American concept, you know, um, literally and figuratively. It's it's as American as as voting, you know, because um, it is only standing together with other people who are in, are in a similar situation that we are more likely to to win what we need. You know, so um, even though there are forces often on the employer side, but also sometimes on the, um, within our, our, the bargaining unit, forces to say, you know, the union is not much better than the employer and they're just gonna take money out of your pocket for dues and so forth. I say to that, it's not necessarily true. And again, you have to think about, you have to weigh the benefits of going up against a big employer with a lot of money and able to, to buy the services of very, uh, very good lawyers, you know, against 
having the union's help on your side, you know, so uh, it's, you know, and, and with that, with the perseverance and the strength behind you, it's, um, it is possible to, to be on the winning side. So I, I encourage people, young people who uh, might not be familiar with some of the, uh, the labor union uh, fights of the past, to you know, look into what it means to be a member of a union, and to be very, to be uh, committed, and to be in, involved. Educate yourself about what the what the talking points are. What are the points that you need, you know, to and and to help your representative make sure that he or she understands what the needs of the uh, of your bargaining unit are. You know, there's no there's no substitute for an informed. Um, the public, you know, uh, an informed bargaining unit, you know, and um, so that's, that's where I go with that. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's so important that you mentioned all of that, especially so young people understand that it's important for you to read your contract so you can understand exactly everything that they can protect you from because big business, you're right, they have all those lawyers, they have all those lobbyists that are working for them to make sure they get the most profit over people. And we need to really just, there's no way an individual can fight a company as well as a collective unit when you have a union. And we saw that this summer with the Teamsters, with, you know, with WGA, with the Writers Guild of America as well, because they had their over 100 day strike as well, as well as SAG after having theirs. But the big difference is when you have so many people that you're serving, it may take a while to get everything covered, because that was the big thing with why is it taking so much longer with SAG? It's because the union members that were in the Writers Guild is like 10% compared to in the Actors Guild, but there's so many different facets. Like now that, especially with AFTRA and SAG joining together, um, there's so many voice actors, there's um, dubbing, there's, you know, there's, there's actors, there's commercial actors, there's theater actors, there's so many different people. And AI was like a big component of it because it can replace so many of those different people's voices or um, image and so many different things they need to break down. And there's no way as an individual, I, I, I do jobs all the time with, like on my own, even as a um, user generated content, they call it UGCs. And I don't know for sure that the companies I'm working with won't in 30 years reuse my image if I'm dead and gone, but I definitely don't want them to create new images and new shows about me that I didn't approve of. And that's something that unions can protect you from. Yes, very much so. And, and you know, we've seen it in other uh, areas too, in the healthcare industry, uh, in the food service industry. Um, and it's it's good to see this this awakening. And you know, it comes back to: Do you know your worth? Do you understand the importance of what this work is that you are doing? Point. Because a lot of times, when when you're an artist or you work on camera or on radio, you don't know your worth. You're so excited to have this opportunity. I worked for a radio station for like eight months, never made a dime. I did win best on air personality, which was great. But it was one of those things. I always wanted to be an MTV VJ. Yes, I'm dating myself. I some people may not know that MTV used to have <laughs> music videos and these countdowns and they would do interviews and all that fun stuff. And that's what I wanted to do. And with unions and different things, like there was always that idea that if you work your way up, you'll get to that point. So I was like, Ooh, I'll do this radio job and maybe it'll lead to something else. And uh, Oh, we lost Beverly there for a minute. And so I didn't get that chance where um, it, 
propelled me to another area, but it did propel me to podcasting where I was able to do it all for myself and see uh, what it's really like to just control your own narrative, be able to use your own voice the way you want to, interview who you want, apply for, get nominated for awards and not have to share. Not that they, I shared mine anyway, but um, they did ask if they would, uh, you know, share my award with the whole team since the radio show wasn't just me, but hey, when they got free stuff, they didn't give it to me. So why would I? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. Moving forward. Um, hopefully Beverly comes back soon. Otherwise, I'll just edit the other part of our videos together because we were only going to do about 15 minutes. I don't know if you were aware, but Beverly's voice was damaged during 9-11. And so she isn't able to talk for a long period of time or even um, her voice isn't as strong as it used to be. This is one of those things, again, when having a union, you have a pension, you have medical insurance, those are things you can actually get treated and get support for. And, you know, so that's another reason why you should join. Because <laughs> um, you never know, like now that she can't um, do the business that she loves, she has those extra protections because she did, was able to earn a pension and so on by being union. Um, all right, she's not back yet, but... And that's why she was in her car performing, so that um, doing this interview and everything a little bit different, so she wouldn't have to fight with the. <laughs> there was, there they were doing yard um, yard work in her at her where she lives, so she's like she didn't want to fight with the machines with that because that makes her strain her voice even more. While I'm waiting for Beverly to come back, I wanted to go over a couple of the key points that she had mentioned to me off air. Um, how the labor trends in the U.S. today has greatly changed, like AFLCA. AFL-CIO did a poll last month and it indicated that seven in 10 Americans approve of labor unions and 75% support the idea of workers going on strike to fight for better wages. And that's something that has definitely changed. I know living in a right to work state, a lot of times it's an uphill battle to get people to understand that unions are good. <laughs> you want a union, they're going to protect you. But needless to say, I'm grateful for the fact that I have Beverly here who can echo that same share even more about how unions have helped her as well because it was not only that you were going against this big um, broadcasting company and for doing union activity but also the fact that now that you're not working it anymore how has it helped you as well if you could share a little bit about how being in a union member has really benefited you well i mean the most thing i guess every day um I appreciate the fact that I have a pension. I have a union pension, you know, and that was one of the terms and conditions of employment. Um, it also led me to uh, to a career as an administrative law judge in labor relations for the city of New York. And uh, so I went from being private sector, um, a union interested to public sector. Uh, and there I was able to help individuals who had specific problems um, on the job that and uh, that the, their unions were able to help them with. Um, and I also was able to help people understand the responsibilities that they had as union members and the responsibilities that their, their unions had to them. Okay, so it's really important for me to convey the information, you know, legal information. What can they, what would, what does society expect of us? What do we need to expect of ourselves? When am I doing enough? Okay, that's one thing that, that uh, a good legal education 
specifically in labor relations, was able to to give me. It was it it gave me more tools to understand society around me and to know what um, you know what are the the limits of what I have to do. You know, and what tools can I use to help somebody else who has a problem? Um, specifically, my niece who lives in uh, North Carolina is in the healthcare industry. And right now she is, and her colleagues are having uh, some issues um, that they are not able to address individually. And so I have been able to guide them to resources to hopefully help them um, with their own terms and conditions of employment. But that I inference would also help the patients that they serve. You know, and so this is not just a what's in it for me. This is, you know, when when unions are strong and they represent their the, the people in the bargaining units well, this also helps society all around us. I, I, I love the, the expression, when the tide comes in, all boats rise. You know, and you know, we know that it is labor unions who brought us the the the, the five-day work week. Of course, now we're talking about maybe a four-day work week. But there was a time when people had to work six and seven days a week. In my lifetime, I remember people in my community were having to work six days a week. I remember when people didn't have health insurance and they didn't have a lot of the benefits that we have come to take for granted. All of that is a result of collective bargaining, okay? You know, and the benefits, um, the law also protects people who maybe haven't certified a bargaining unit in their place of business, but maybe there are more than one or two people. There are protections, labor relations protections for people who have a common need and a common interest, even if they don't have, officially don't have a labor union representing them. You know, And so um, there are resources that people can look into to get more information about this. The National Labor Relations Board works in the private sector, in, um, in, in the public sector. It's different state by state. In New York State, there are protections for public sector workers, not so much in, in some parts of the South, but I do think that that's changing. So, um, you know, I guess my point is, if you have a question about it, don't stop. Don't allow yourself to be stopped. Keep looking. Keep researching. And of course, the uh, the AFL CIO is a wonderful place to go. There's wonderful resources there, uh, and uh, well, that's a good place to start. Um, I, you know, I, I think that my experience in labor relations has made a big difference in my own personality. Uh, I, you know, have come to you know, to respect the concerns that other people in, in a bargaining unit have. You know, we come to know each other, a little bit more about each other. Um, and communication is the key there. Um, again, whether it's uh, communications of a formal uh, set of demands or communications with uh, your fellow workers or even communications within your own family, let them know what you're up against. Let them know what you're trying to achieve. It's all about communications. And there, the information that we get to be able to, to communicate is critical. And that's why it is so important to have authoritative information, you know, and not to be sidetracked by what we see or read in on social media. Go to the authoritative source. In the law, 
you know, uh, the courts are always saying, um, you know, asking attorneys, what's your authority? What is your source for this information? And if you have authoritative, verifiable information, then you're not going to go wrong. You're going to be able to make the right decisions. And this is true no matter what uh, what context it, it, it is, whether it's in a legal um, you know, a litigation or uh, some kind of even negotiation within your family about something that you want to do, if there's a disagreement. And, you know, especially at family, big family dinners, where there are discussions that sometimes can be a little bit tough, it's good to have your authorities be unimpeachable. Know whereof you speak and, uh, you know, be assertive, but gentle and kind and humane as you convey that information and as you listen to other people, it is so important to, 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 to li listen actively. You know, we all have a responsibility to be, to be responsible in how, you know, immature in how we convey what it is that we want, what it is that we need. And to remember that the next person is just like us. You know, we're not that different and we can be kind no matter what it is that we're doing, we can be kind. I love that. And it sets the precedent for the next generation because a lot of times it's like a hazing period almost like because it was rough for me, I got to make it rougher for the next person. And why? <laughs> why are we doing that to each other? Like, just like you said, it doesn't cost anything to be kind and it doesn't cost anything to make it better for the next person as well. And I think that's a very good point about how it shows our humanity too. Companies don't have humanity. Just because there's people that work there, they're about profit. So they're going to do whatever they can to try to increase their profits. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to look out for your best interest. Uh, when you have a union, you have those protections because I've worked tons of jobs without unions. And when and my parents were both in the union. My dad was in the Directors Guild. My mom was in SAG-AFTRA. When I married my husband and he got into working for UPS and he was a Teamster, I'd heard of Teamsters on film world, but not... I didn't realize it was also in UPS world. And he went through an incident where there was um, something that was going off. And just by guilt, by association, they thought he was involved with it as well. Well, his union worked so hard for him to make sure he did not go down with the other person. And just seeing how well they protected him. And now he's a shop steward. But even beyond that, like the way they work so hard to make sure people get their jobs back. He he couldn't be more proud, even if he's like, he doesn't like that person as a personality or whatever. It's he will work hard for them as if it, they're his best friend, whoever, because he knows that's the right thing to do. And that's what they do. They don't care about personality stuff. They care about doing the right thing for the person and not necessarily the company. It's about protecting their members and they do a great job of it. And I couldn't believe, um, speaking of pension, I couldn't believe he would get paid vacation. I've never worked a job where they gave you paid vacation. I worked in spa world. Um, you're lucky <laughs> if you had a job, if you took a long enough vacation. So, um, when he was telling me he was getting paid time off, like even that, I was like, well, what do you mean? They're paying you to stay home. Companies should do that. You know, like you were working for them 52 weeks well, 50 weeks maybe, or so if you get two weeks vacation, you need the time down. And that's, I'm glad that they're looking at a four day week, although UPS is looking at a six day week, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it's, it's good that you have those protections in there and that make sure you read your contract so you know exactly what is expected of you and what they can do to protect you. So I do want to be considerate of, the, of your time and make sure that we covered all the points that you wanted to speak about. So if there was anything else you wanted to share for 
other people out there who may be on the fence about joining the union or are in the union and maybe have some concerns about fighting the big fight, if you could give some last points for that, that would be great. Well, I think, you know, sometimes um, again, people say, um, you know, if I'm in the union, I'll be marked as a union sympathizer uh, forever, even if I go to a job that uh, that has no no bargaining unit, or they'll say, why should I trust a union negotiator who doesn't know me or my family? Um, you know, but there again, it's a question of, uh, of being clear about what it is that you want and conveying that information, you know, directly and communicating with, uh, with other people in, in the unit, you know, check yourself and make sure that that what you're asking your union to do uh, on your behalf is something that relates to other people in the unit. And, uh, you know, together is, is together is better. You know, through the pandemic, we heard a lot about how we're in this together. Well, there's no greater situation, no more applicable situation than in the workplace, in employment, where truly we're in this together. Um, you know, uh, when you pay union dues, you're, you're paying for the union to support you. Um, you're, you're, you're paying for the union's attorney to represent you, you know, uh, and that person is going to be someone who understands labor law. Most of us don't, unless we've been to law school ourselves, you know, so, um, so it's that expertise. Um, you know, often people say when you, when you're renting a place, well, maybe I should be using that money to purchase a home as opposed to just renting because it's just the rent money goes for nothing. You have to think of it differently. That rent money is going to put a roof over your head. So it's not doing nothing. The, 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 the dues that you pay, you know, as a union member are going to protect you in many ways. And if you're not sure, check with your union representative just so you can satisfy yourself about it. You know, also, the, the union has a duty to represent you fairly, you know, and uh, um, so it, the union has a legal duty itself. And your responsibility as a union member is to make sure that that union is, is satisfying um, that duty. You know, so involvement, involvement is, is key here. There's not much that we can do these days where we can just sit back and skate by, you know, the more control we have, you know, over our own situation, the better we're all going to feel about it. And again, uh, it raises the level of of uh, the quality of life in our community, whether our community is other people that we work with, or the neighborhood that we live in, um, or the country. You know? So, I'd say involvement is key. And if you have any doubts, if you have any doubts, satisfy those doubts. Don't let it work on you. You know, make that phone call to somebody who can answer your your question authoritatively. Um, so um, my union experience was a wonderful one, and uh, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. And even though there were difficult times, um, you know, I did win my job back. I want to buy out. Um, you know, even though there were difficult times, it it you know it it it. it it, it worked out well for me. It actually uh, promoted me to go on to another career, which was very satisfying. Uh, the second career as a labor relations attorney uh, led me to other things uh, of interest. You know, so uh, I kept moving forward. So 
I'm so grateful that you came on my show today and we got to talk about this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being my guest. And I wish you all the best. Um, we'll definitely stay in touch. But if you guys have any questions or concerns, please make sure you put it in the comments and I will make sure we get Beverly's answers to you or any follow up that you may need. Just let me know. I can make sure we make it happen. Again, thanks for tuning in to the eSpot with Camille. If you have any guests you want to send my way, go ahead and check out CamilleCoward.com and you can send me a note and we can find out from there. And again, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. All right, have a great rest of your day. And thanks for tuning in to the eSpot with Camille.